This is Mission Qualphone, a monthly podcast that takes you inside the workings of our company, but not just the ins and outs of business. We look at the ideas and insights that make Qualphone truly unique. As a company, we are committed to being the best and making each person's life better. Join us as we get to know and learn from people from across the organization. What's their story? What have they learned? And how do they live out Qualphone's mission? Welcome to Mission Qualphone. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. And welcome to the season finale of Mission Qualphone Podcast, season four. Hello, Jeremy. Uh, hello. I cannot believe that. I cannot no- believe this is the end of season four. It is November 2023, fourth quarter. <laughs> what a season finale bonus episode we have. We've got usually our our marketing team picks the title and the description for for the episodes, but on this one I already kind of know it's you know mentor manager messenger, which is our 3M leadership philosophy mm-hmm. and uh, this interview to me, is just a perfect example of that employee value proposition of this is why we want you to come work for us because these are the experiences we want to offer as many people as possible. And I think today's guest personifies that from the beginning of his story to to the present day, what he's doing with the company is just, it's phenomenal. I agree, Marisol. And just timing wise, this fits in so much with this topic of mentor manager messenger, a gentleman that I've worked very closely with for about, gosh, 15 years, uh, Matt Carlton. He's been a guest on the podcast. He's someone that I've viewed as a, as a mentor, and he's obviously a great manager and a great messenger. He at year's end will be retiring after working for this company since 2001. So this is a a gentleman who's been a site director. I work with him every day. He runs the Advanced Leadership Academy, site director certification, OM certification. So very involved in our leadership development and sad to see him leave, but also very happy for him to be able to retire and do some things that, that he's wanted to do. And so it's fitting that He's just announced his retirement uh, as we're wrapping up, you know, this season of the podcast with this topic, mentor, manager, messenger. Yeah, I would say it's even because there's another big retirement at our company. Mm. I don't think we've announced it on the podcast. It's been it's been announced internally at our company for over a year. We're in the middle of a, a I guess you could say a succession transition. Mm-hmm. But our our CEO, Mike Morrow, is retiring at the end of this year. And um, to me, you know, he personifies the, <laughs> the 3M philosophy in my life. He's been my mentor for I don't want to date it, but oh, many, <laughs> many years, yeah. many years. Uh, he's been a, in this industry for a long time. And um, yeah, it's it's very fitting that we would end the season with this theme, with the, this idea of the mentor manager messenger. Because I think, you know, for, for specific to Mike, I would say, 
mentor, obviously, you know, I met him when I was 23 years old. I think the very first episode I, I mentioned, I, I didn't even make eye contact with people. I had <laughs> <laughs> and no sense of, I have very low self-esteem, no sense of self-worth or that I, any value of my own intelligence or power. You know, he's the voice in my head now at 50 when who do I think I am to do X, Y, Z? He's the voice in my head of like, who the hell are you not to do this? Right. <laughs> so he's, you know, check mentor off. Then you've got manager. I feel like I've spent the year just professing all this greatness of, of Mike. So if my tone doesn't match my words, because <laughs> I've been doing it for the, for the year, but He's, you know, operational excellence is, I, I've had a few conversations in the last year as he's getting, you know, he's made announcements on his LinkedIn and as people have become aware of his his pending retirement, have kind of circled back to, he's a giant, he's a giant retiring. So it, it was, I've had to go to therapy. <laughs> I had to go to therapy, but Again, going back, manager, consummate manager, operational excellence. And then messenger, I would say if that was maybe not his, what I would have thought of him, you know, many moons ago. This year, you know, you've participated. He's been doing the role of the mission leader uh, internally within the companies. He's done over 30 remote sessions. He's traveled extensively and done sessions in person and these are three hour sessions mm-hmm. specifically on the topics of what the role of a mission leader is and you know he goes into everything the the four agreements the three m's it's a, a wonderful experience and so this year in my opinion i feel like well he's really personified the messenger role so you know he's the 3M philosophy <laughs> is uh, is being lived and breathed here at Qualfin. And I think to tie it into today's interview uh, with Anon, for me, this interview and all of uh, Anon's success from the moment he entered Qualfin's doors to present day, him being, you know, a, a leader to definitely keep your eyes on and watch and, and see him just rise to to all these opportunities has been just a a wonderful experience for me to watch him evolve in the years that he's been here has been fantastic. So I'm beyond excited for this to be the last episode of the season. I think it's a a great testament to the company and to to my mentor, to your mentor, uh, to this whole idea of mentorship and uh, manager and messenger. Well said. And with that, Let's hop into our interview. We are very happy to have with us today a very special guest. This is one of our process optimization engineers. We call them poets. We'll be talking about that more today, but we're super happy to have with us one of our poets, Anand Negre, who is here with us. Anand, how are you doing today? Hey, Jeremy. I am doing great. How about you? Doing well. We're super excited to have you on. And I don't want to embarrass you, Anand, but all of us had an opportunity to, and we'll talk about this later, we've all seen you on video, Anand, 
and, and that's super exciting. And maybe we'll get to that in this conversation, but I've been looking forward to having you on the podcast because I have some questions for you. So I know, <laughs> I know Marisol does too. So. Oh, I'm, I, you know, I'm super excited to me knowing a non-story. I'm so excited to share it with Qualfin and our employees because I think it's a perfect example of our mission department and how we invest back into the employee. Like, I just, I'm so excited. There's so many things we're going to talk about. <laughs> and um, let, let's touch, let's start with Anon. Tell us how you came to, to Qualphone and also if you could tell us about poets, because that is a that is a unique to Qualphone thing. It was created, I would say, in the last uh, six years. Mm-hmm. Within the last six years, I think it's uh, safe to say it is a a brainchild of our CEO Mike Morrow, and um, I'm a big fan of this department. So, Anand, tell us about how you got to Qualphone. First of all, uh, thank you so much for having me here. I feel really honored and I'm really excited and happy about this podcast. So to answer your question, uh, how did I land up in Qualphone and uh, about the poets, right? So I would like to begin first uh, with some of my background, right? Uh, I hail from India, as most of us uh, know already. I was born and brought up in India and in a beautiful city called as Nasik, okay, mm-hmm. which is also the wine capital of my country, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, some facts there. <laughs> and uh, I grew up in a typical Indian joint family, right? We were around 15 to 18 of us in a joint family. And you can imagine, right? Uh, with with family size that big, you don't even need friends to go out. You already have so many cousins in the family itself. Yeah. So that's the kind of background that I come from. And uh, growing up, I always loved uh, sports more than education. You know, I have always been impressed by how uh, sports can transform your life, not just physically, but, you know, the mental aspects to teamwork, you say, or determination, never give up attitude and etc. I've always said this, that sometimes, you know, sports teaches you something, uh, some some things that even education can't. And, uh, you know, when you play sport uh, that often, you come to know that. But I was thinking all this, but my dad had some different ideas, right? <laughs> uh, he always wanted me to become a doctor, you know, a surgeon to be uh, specific. And uh, as he started sending me to school, and I was in my primary education, he kind of realized a few things. I really don't know what. But then later on, he was like, you know what, son, uh, keep the surgeon thing aside. How about just being a general physician? Mm. And I was like, okay, that no is, that's, <laughs> yeah, if, if that's what you want, fine, no problem. Then a few years passed by and um, he got to see my academic journey. And then he came to me and he was like, you know what, keep the general physician aside. How about being just a dentist? <laughs> and, I was, <laughs> and I was like, okay, dad, if you say so. And then again, a few more years passed by, right? And then he was, and then eventually, I took admission to engineering, you know, and then he was like, okay, son, let's do this. You at least 
complete your engineering. Please do that for me. <laughs> Forget everything that I told you before. Please do that for me. And that's how I ended up being an engineer. So I, my education, my degree is in mechanical engineering. I studied mechanical engineering. And after that, I went on to do a post-graduation in operations management. And that's, that's the uh, academic background that I have. And uh, to talk about my early professional career, so because I had a mechanical engineering background, I went into a manufacturing company first. I was uh, an industrial engineer there. I kind of excelled there, you know, within a few years time, we had a new manufacturing plant coming up and I was given the whole responsibility of the manufacturing plant and all. So that's how I started my professional career into manufacturing. I spent a few years there. After that, I moved on to another manufacturing. And then eventually, 2016, I started my um, professional career. And 2021, five years later, I landed up in Qualphone. I'm interested, when you came to Qualphone, that was as a poet, that was your, your first role? Yes, that's correct. Okay, okay. So, I mean, that just seems to fit perfectly. And Jeremy, you're in the mission department. Mm -hmm. So you remember JP, Juan Pablo, we've had him on the podcast. Uh, he's the son of the our founder. He was also a poet at one time. I believe he was your boss, Anon. Exactly. Right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so you, could you fill in for our audience, because I know the story, but fill in this development within this mission department, because, you know, mission, we think about helping employees when something goes wrong, you know, their their develop, personal development, career development, all these, it's a big umbrella, right? Yes. So when poets came up and came to, to begin, I loved it because it, that was, I don't know how to say, not operational, but it was... Um, it's an engineering part of the brain that is used in that department. So I'd love to like tell that story, Jeremy, as far as the development of poets, because you kind of you had a front seat to that as well, right? Well, yeah, and that's that's a very good question. And to your point, Marisol, when we talk about the mission being, you know, very much focused on people and and making people's lives better, we had this idea of process and 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 to understand it i think we kind of have to get inside the brain of of mike morrow uh when we when this focus on continuous improvement and i think that's always been a focus for him but when it became a focus of ours as an organization to really drill into this idea of continuous improvement i think the poet piece was just kind of an extension of that I'm going to, I'm going to trademark a phrase right now. We're not just, we're not just making each person's life better. We're making each process better. And I, mm. I think that's, oh. what'd you think of that? I, 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 nice. just, I just pulled that out. of Brilliant. The But really Anon, isn't, isn't that what the focus is, right? We had this, we built this team. I say we, I didn't have anything to do with it, but in our world, in the mission department, my boss, Al Baranachia, his background is in engineering, industrial engineering, probably doing a lot of the same things that Anon did before he came. So it, it made sense that Al, who happens to be in the, in the mission and specifically over Qualphone University, 
That's kind of his wheelhouse, process improvement. And so it kind of made sense that this new team of process optimization engineers, we call them poets, would kind of fall under Al. But but I think the focus is really, we've got these dedicated individuals. Their role is to improve processes throughout the organization. Anon, would you agree with that or would you add anything to that definition of what you do as a poet? And can we just also add the Six Sigma portion to it? Because the poets have to, I mean, the whole company is Six Sigma green belt, but the poets go through much more oh, yeah. training, right? So, and it, I, I think about when you were talking, and Anon, I promise we're going to give you a chance to talk. When you were talking, Jeremy, I was thinking about we make each person's life better including our clients by continuously mm. looking at the processes. I don't know if we're allowed to share this, so I'm going to say it and maybe I'll have to take it out, but we just <laughs> recently won an award from, I'm going to put it this way, the largest retail ven online vendor uh, compared to all vendors for innovation. Mm. And, and, you know, shout out to Jan Aquino, Doug Wells, the whole operations team, well-deserved award and the poets are part of this system so anyway Anand tell us tell us about the poets tell us about JP and Six Sigma and, and all that give us that perspective sure definitely Marisol and Jeremy so when I was hired right uh, I remember correctly when I was hired I was just the third poet hired in India and before I joined, when, you know, the inception of Poet team happened, it was just JP and I remember Cromwell as the initial poets we had. And as you rightly mentioned, Six Sigma, right? Uh, from the Six Sigma, what we do with our DMake process, uh, process cycle, right? Define, measure, analyze, improve, and control. Uh, phase by phase, we try and understand the problem first, then, you know, come up with the analysis that shows us what our baseline performance or the current performance is. Then we get together with our stakeholders and clients to understand how we can improve it. And then eventually, once we have some action items implemented to improve it, we try and control it to, you know, make them remain at an optimum level. In specifically in strategic accounts, that's what we do, serving our CES client and establishing better practices to make us the better partner for our clients. And then there's a MSIS team, right? It is similar to strategic accounts, but then instead of CES, we are looking at the entire business vertical, right? Everything that is needed to support entire business vertical. And that is what we do in MSIS. So these are the three teams that we have in Poets. And we do meet bi-weekly, uh, the whole group, all the three teams with Al, Kim, Chrome, uh, our managers and uh, recently, we have started this practice where we uh, invite dignitaries from the rest of the company to, you know, come up to the meetings and tell us about their experiences uh, in call phone and then their life experiences so that, you know, we also come to know because sometimes what happens is as poets, we are always specifically dedicated or specifically related to just few stakeholders, right? We may not have the wider reach that other teams may have. 
a bit of a silo sometimes. Silo, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's where you know Al, I think, came up with this idea, and that's where we invite dignitaries from other side of the company so that they can come uh, communicate with us, uh, tell tell us about their stories, and we also come to know a lot about other people and their life stories. So that is whole the poet uh, group that we have dedicatedly for process optimization everywhere and anywhere in the company with the help of Six Sigma certification we have. And the best part about poets, I'm not trying to be biased here, but the best <laughs> part about poets is that they are actually themselves on a continuous improvement cycle. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we, uh, we have poets joined uh, since past two years, three years. And if you look at them then, and if you look at them now, you would see a huge difference, mm. not only knowledge wise, but how they have taken advantage of everything that call phone offers, right? We have a few poets that have upgraded themselves with a lot of certifications we have available on Coursera, LinkedIn. We have uh, one poet that I can think of right now that have advanced, uh, you know, out of poet team and have become a data scientist. Mm. So, mm. as I said, we are literally living that continuous improvement in our day to day lives as well. I was just going to say energy wise, uh, it's a, just a great group it, from Al to the poets that I've worked with and, and gotten to meet. I'm not a poet. I feel like I'm a poet adjacent <laughs> but i i love how the just the whole concept of this department that we have and i love that it's within our mission department that this is how we use our our funding our, our money our profit and into this and and seeing this poet group grow how, how big would you guys say you are now i'm, I'm gonna just throw out a number i think there's about yeah. there's over 30 poets Okay, Am I so correct, Anand? Yeah, you are absolutely right. We are about 30 poets in Qualphone right now. I think, Anand, with that many, that I should be able to get a poet dedicated just to me to help me improve. <laughs> Would that be possible? Could I put in the request? That, you know what? That's Mike's dream right there. You just manifested one of Mike's dream when he started this. I distinctly remember when you know the concept of this was being put together and he would talk about it. He would say, you know, he's oh, he's a visionary. So he always looks down the line and he's like, years from now, you're going to want people begging for poets mm. to, you know, be on their account, be in their department. And I, I think for the most part, that is exactly what has, has happened. I, I so. agree. And that's why we've continued to grow that group so much because there is such a need and a demand for them. Jer uh, just to answer that, Jeremy, I would definitely put in a word to Al about the request that you have just made. <laughs> and uh, just to add to that, you know, uh, the, the group that we are, 30 plus poets that we have, uh, it, the, the whole credit really goes to our leaders, right? Al, we have Kim, we have Chrome, the way they have kept the group intact, mm. the kind of activities they do, the kind of culture we have in our team. It, it really, uh, you know, it, just not me, you can call up any poet and ask about the culture in the team we have and it is so good like it is a thriving culture we are motivated every time to take up new projects to level up and the appreciation that every poet gets 
not just from the stakeholders that we work for, not just the clients that we work for, but even within the team. Mm. We have Al, we have Kim, as I said, we have Chrome. The appreciation that we get for our work is really, uh, you know, adds to the encouragement that any individual needs to perform to the optimum level that they can. So yeah, credit to them for that. That's you know what awesome. it sounds like to me, Jeremy? It sounds like that's a department where a lot of people find their their total vocation. Because mm-hmm. you know, I think you have to have the right education, the continuous improvement mindset, and just that whole energy. I think a lot of people would be very surprised to find themselves becoming a poet. But when they find themselves there, are just you know feel very blessed about that so okay we have so much to talk (laughs) so could you tell us about how you ended up at qualphone and then i'm gonna embarrass you a little bit and and we're gonna talk a little bit more about how you know mission invest in us and we're gonna talk about what you and i have in common which is our our toastmaster club so but first tell us how you ended up at at qualphone i actually answered a part of that until uh, when I talked about the early professional career and I landed up in Qualfan as the third poet, I have okay. some something more to add to it, which is something okay. more personal as well. Yeah, Go ahead that's, with that. that's, where was, that's where I was going. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So yeah, that's how my early professional career was. And I, as I said, I landed up in Qualfan being just the third poet hired in India. Now, I joined Qualfan in April 2021. And April 2021 was the COVID pandemic and the circumstances that I joined Qualphone in uh, like would be the most unfavorable circumstances if I may for humankind okay uh, especially in my country India so we had this peak uh, COVID going on and there was complete chaos throughout the country right there were so many cases every single day and there were cities including mine where it was even very difficult to even find for beds in hospitals for patients. People were just, you know, losing their lives and it was the toughest time of my life as well. Why? Because as I said, um, I joined in April 2021 and my parents, my mom and my dad, they were infected with COVID. They were diagnosed with COVID. uh, COVID. And um, me, myself and my younger brother, so we are four in our family, myself, my younger brother, my mom and my dad. So all four of us contracted COVID. After that, uh, the the intensity of COVID increased and my mom had to be hospitalized. Uh, my dad eventually was hot- hospitalized too. And in this condition, that is when, you know, my joining in call phone was confirmed in April. Now, because so many things were happening around me, but also there was one thing that uh, a lot of people were losing their jobs during that period because companies were laying uh, laying off a lot of people during that time. And I, uh, because my interviews and everything was done and I was already selected, my joining date was already there. I was kind of afraid to mention this to uh, you know to to the HR or to my manager back then, JP. Can I just interrupt yeah. to say, which is totally normal, because I understand that yeah. you don't know. You've just interviewed. You've just gotten a job. There's a pandemic. <laughs> I would be the same way. Like 
keeping that kind of to my chest. But go ahead. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Exactly, exactly. Everyone, uh, you know, anyone would be scared because I don't want to lose this job, right? I don't want to be in a position where I am telling my manager that, you know, look, I've got a situation here. I won't be able to join immediately, but I might need, you know, two to three weeks of time. And after that, I would join. And then, uh, and I don't want to sit there and think, okay, maybe there is a second best candidate that they thought of and he might get hired instead of me because I'm not immediately available. So I was really afraid to tell that to my manager. So I did attend my first day when I when I joined. And my first day, I did a few meetings where, you know, I was there uh, present in the meetings to understand the whole industry, right? But then I realized I was just sitting there and mentally I was somewhere else because my parents were in hospital. My younger brother was diagnosed with COVID and he was at home with me. And what I was told about my parents is that uh, do not keep a lot of hope. Okay, Mm -hmm. the COVID has gone to such a level where, you know, we can't do much about it right now. It's their own immunity system. If, you know, they can sustain it well and good. If not, we can't say a lot. And this is the kind of mental state I was in when I joined Call for. During your onboarding experience, this is simultaneously happy. Exactly. Yes, simultaneously. And uh, so everything was going on. And then I had to muster some courage to go up to a manager, JP, as I said, and tell him that, uh, JP, you know, look, this is the situation I am in. And the situation was even worse because we were literally running throughout the city to find beds, not just, you know, admit my parents, but to find beds. You know, a lot of hospitals, they have all the beds full. Uh, There were a few, I mean, just imagine this scenario. There were a few hospitals where they were laying the patients on the floor, arranging Mm -hmm. something on the floor for them to, you know, start treatment. And this was the whole chaos going on in the city. I feel like it's 2023. And to me, COVID feels like a fever dream. Like, did that all really happen? But I, I remember when the pandemic was peaking in different parts of the world. And I remember, you know, you and I have spoken offline, you know, with the population there. It was uh, it was very tough to watch. So I can only imagine what it was like for you to experience it. Exactly. The situation was terrible. And then I had to, you know, come up to terms with the fact that I will have to tell my manager that I won't be able to give my 100% because of the situation I am in. And I would want to request for a couple of weeks, uh, you know, PTO or away from office because I want to handle everything that's going on inside my family right now. And I mustered some courage and I uh, had a call with JP. Uh, first day, I didn't know uh, the kind of person he might be. Uh, I didn't know how he would react. I just had to do it. And I tell him, JP, you know, there's this situation. My parents are in hospital right now. Doctor says that, you know, their chances are not much. You know, we can't guarantee a lot. So in order to take care of them, my younger brother, and to manage the situation here, I think I'll have to take a few weeks leave. And his immediate reaction was, okay, no problem. And th- that is something, uh, you know, I, I, I was shocked when I heard that. And I was, I, I remember pausing and thinking to myself, was my English correct? Did I communicate <laughs> to him? <laughs> Did I exactly communicate to him what I wanted to? 
and he said oh no problem just go take care of your family don't worry about this is there a, if if there's anything that you want me to help with just let me know and everything else is fine so just go and you know take care of your family and that was the point where you know as i said i was shocked and then you know i had to again come back to where i was so yeah i reached out to jp and that was his reaction okay and he was kind enough to also mention this to me and even to uh, till today uh, it kind of surprises me how uh, how a company is able to do so much for an employee so when i told him my situation right and uh, as i said peak covid i had exhausted all my savings and i was just you know somehow trying to find uh, hospital beds for my parents and then jp asked me that that jp actually told me that you know there is this fund that we have within the company called as new generations foundations and this fund we have is for us to be able to help our employees whenever they need any financial aid or whatever and at first i said okay understood and i got thinking that you know i may not even have the time to apply for that because of what i'm going through so at first i just said okay i took in the information then i went back and started handling things around uh, i had that uh, meeting with him uh, on my first day and after a few days again i see a message on my teams from jp and jp is asking me hello anand uh, i hope everything is good the situation is better but did you uh, reach out to the new generations foundation that i had asked you to and i said no i haven't found time but then i got you know it got me thinking because he's insisting so much let me just go there and apply for the form and you know we, we see whatever happens after that so i went there on the website he mentioned and i filled out the form and you know uh, things happened after that okay so this is what i talk about whenever i am talking to my friends whenever they ask me which company that i'm working for and then i tell them i work for an organization called as qualfon which is the most employee centric company i have ever seen and when qualfon says be the best and make each person's life better qualfon really means it because during that time when i was down and dusted they provided me an aid during the most dire times when i needed it the most and even though i was new to the company that didn't stop anyone from helping me out mm. and that for me showed that they really care for their employees luckily fortunately my parents got better they came home after 21 days uh you know they were discharged from the hospital and after things settled right my parents were home i got some time to really sit and think what had happened the cycle of emotions that i went through in those 21 days uh the situation i was in which i keep mentioning again and again and the help that i needed from my uh, from my own people right i even had my cousins around who were helping me out in in such a situation so after i came home things settled so not just the help uh, you know by the new generations foundation that i got but it was also about how empathetic my own manager was he has been there and it was just one constant thought that i had in my mind after that and i the thought was i am just incredibly grateful to this company now this thing gratitude that i have for the company is something that 
I have it at the back of my mind every single day when I'm working for Qualphone. And not just because, as I said, and not just because they provided me financial aid with New Generation Foundation, but the empathetic manager that I had. It speaks volumes about the culture that Qualphone is having around and is trying to create. And JP being the son of the founder, he reaching out to me twice to make sure that I am getting the help that I need and there is no hesitancy in that, you know, because you really care for your employees. That is something that, you know, I don't think a lot of organizations out there do. And that is what makes Qualphone a unique, unique organization. Qualphone truly lives up to it. And by making their employees' lives better, that's how they become the best. And that's what I really like about Qualphone. That was an amazing story, Anand. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm very glad to hear that your parents pulled through okay. But thanks a lot for sharing that. I'm kind of shifting gears a little bit, but kind of not. Again, part of our commitment as a company is to make each person's life better. And we do that with a number of different programs. You've mentioned a few things there, but I want to shift gears this much and ask you about one thing in particular that you and Marisol are both involved with. And this is how I, for, I want to say met you. I haven't met you in person, but my first exposure to you came by way of a video presentation. It was a presentation that you presented as part of uh, our Toastmasters club. And in fact, you were like, you were the winner. Well, it's just, I think, another story that is a beautiful Qualphone story. So around the same time, 2020, I re- I pitched to Mike Morrow this idea of starting a Qualphone Toastmaster Club. And to get chartered as a Toastmaster Club, if you've never heard of a Toastmaster Club, that is, it's a nonprofit organization. It's been around for, I think they're celebrating their 100-year anniversary. And it's a public speaking leadership and personal development program. And I thought it fit perfectly. We've had it before at at Qualphone. I think it was site specific, but I wanted to do something that was international. It was during the pandemic. And again, Qualphone said yes, because we, when we started the club, we pay for the membership and it's a fun club. So Qualphone pays for my membership and pays for Anand who joined the club early on. So I can't talk enough about Toastmasters. You'd have to, I mean, they have their own podcast because there's so many levels to it. But one of the things that you do in Toastmasters is there are competitions, public speaking competitions. So it's more than a presentation. It's a it's a speech, learning to get in front of an audience and, and speak, which is one of the scariest things. It's literally ranked <laughs> for many people as the scariest thing that they can do. And Anon competed in our very first club competition. And here's the thing, Jeremy, Anon came in second place. This is like, little known fact he came in second there was an actual other employee at Qualfin who came in first and was going to go ahead and represent us in the area competitions division you know it goes up to all the way up to the international stage Mm -hmm. and um 
you know, for reasons out of our control, the, that employee left the company and Anon, first runner-up, stepped in as our representative. So then Anon competes at the area competition. So I, I don't remember how many people were in the competition, but it's from different companies, different or uh, outside of the organization, complete strangers. Anon and I, you know, are at each competition, but he's the one having to compete. I'm just there just cheerleader <laughs> and Jeremy he keeps going and it was like he keeps going speech after speech I think how many speeches did you end up going up so to? I won at area then I won at division level and then I kind of lost at district level okay well which is still a huge That's accomplishment awesome. a huge yes. accomplishment then it, the story continues then our CEO, Mike, takes the speech that Anand gave. And the speech was very, very inspirational. It was a generic speech that could have been given at any organization to motivate their employees and uses it in a speech that he was doing or a presentation that he was doing as role of the mission leader. Then, <laughs> beyond that, so he wins all these competition he's representing the club we're all excited you know there was it was there we did a press release it was very exciting and the next year he signs up to be president of the qualphone toastmaster club which is a big responsibility yes. it's like basically running a little mini qualphone <laughs> for a year you know and dealing with membership retention uh, engagement, all the things that we do as a business. And Anand's been doing it since July. We're taping this in, what month are we? September. September. We're <laughs> <laughs> September. And in the, the few months that he has been president, can I just tell you the continuous improvement that we have seen? You know, I founded the club in 2020, three years. The jump that Anon has done. He put us in the arcade space management. He's done surveys and it's just started. Like I know where we're going to be by the time his term is up. It's just been so beautiful to watch his his rise, you know, his his confidence, his self confidence, even coming on the podcast, just watching him step into his light and his his um, creativity and every time he stepped on that I'm using quote stage to compete I saw the mission in him you mm. know this mm. watching it's just uh, he it's a great it's been great to to see Anand's journey since uh, joining Qualphone and, and joining Toastmasters. So I'm very proud of Anand. I think he's a fabulous uh, employee and a fabulous Toastmaster. And I'm watching his leadership just in this last few months. I'm so excited for the future of Qualphone. Uh, we have a lot of great brain trust in this company. Anand, you you mentioned at the beginning, obviously you're, you're from India, you live in India. Tell us about how Qualphone India is. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not, I haven't been there. I do interact with quite a few folks from the office there in India. I just love to get a feel for, for what it's like working with the Qualphone family in India. 
Definitely, Jeremy. So uh, Qualphone India, right, it's a growing team in India that we have currently. So when I joined back in 2021, I think we had around just 70 to 80 employees. But now we are up to 120. We are still small but mighty because Qualphone India has moved beyond from just being a tech center of development and reporting team to become a global capacity service provider. One thing to mention uh, in particular is that Qualphone India has hosted three successful editions of Hackathon so far, mm-hmm. right, where we are building cutting-edge technology solutions and next-gen solutions uh, that are built to solve business problems. So that is how Qualphone India is doing, and it's an incredible bunch of people that we have here, 120-plus, and uh, it's, it's doing really great right now. That is great. So, Anand, maybe you could put in a good word for Marisol and I to take a trip to India. I think that'd be wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I've been to India, not not for Qualphone, but on my own. And it's a beautiful, beautiful country. This podcast, obviously, it's Mission Qualphone. We talk about the mission of Qualphone and, and threaded throughout this podcast, every episode, we talk about the mission. And, and what it does for employees, what it does for all the people, you know, clients, communities. It's a common theme. We talk about how the mission benefits all these groups. Now, my first time meeting Anon was watching a presentation that Mike Morrow, our CEO, was sharing in some leadership training he's been doing around the company. And it was an awesome presentation. Well, so awesome that Mike wanted to show the rest of the company this presentation you made, Anand. So, so great job. I'm familiar with Toastmasters. I've never done Toastmasters. I would love to hear kind of your Toastmaster journey. What got you involved and how you got to this point where you're competing at such a high level with this presentation you had in Toastmasters? I'd love to hear about that. Sure, Jeremy. Thank you for that question. Toastmasters is something that is really close to my heart, at least recently. And it's been an incredible experience so far. Uh, I would like to go back a little bit to explain, you know, how I ended up over here. So since a young age, I, you know, I have been always aware of, you know, importance of effective communication. And I came to know about this club when, about the Toastmasters club, when I joined Qualphone and my former manager, you know, JP, as I said, Uh, sent out an email to all of us poets mentioning about, you know, this fun club that we have in Qualfon and, you know, it will help you work on your effective communication skills and etc. And the nature of the job that we have, we interact with our stakeholders constantly. We do a lot of presentation. We have to communicate, uh, you know, properly. So that's why, you know, he sent us that email and he wanted us to, you know, be a part of this club. Now, the moment I heard this opportunity, I knew it was something that I couldn't pass because fear of public speaking is real. Okay, we all know this. Public speaking can be nerve wracking. You know, the sweaty palms, the racing heart, the sudden (laughs) urge to, you know, get teleported to a deserted island, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All this happens when when you are about to attempt public speaking, but it is really uh, important to overcome that fear. I can recall one incident that happened with me when I was in school. 
and uh, I, I i studied in a convent english medium school and uh, so when i was in my 8th grade we used to do a morning prayer we used to call it assembly prayer and during that prayer, uh, prayer time all of the school would get assembled on the school ground and then there was a stage where you know all the teachers and choir groups were there who were singing the prayers on the mic and all that used to happen so during that time i got punished and i was punished for having long hair and longer than the permitable limit as as i can um, call it and there were like three warnings given and if you don't you know cut your hair even after that you will you will be punished and the punishment that time was that if you uh, are found guilty of it you are supposed to go on the stage you are supposed to stand in front of the whole school of around you know 150 to 200 students and in front of the whole student uh, whole school you have to stand there and at the end of the prayers you have to take a mic grab the mic and tell the whole school why you are standing there and why you are punished so we all found this very funny back then but we never i never thought personally that i would get a punishment <laughs> and i went there and then you know the prayers and all was done and i was given the mic to talk and to tell the whole school why i am being punished now that was the first time ever i even hold uh, held a mic in my hand okay and i was shivering i was in my 8th grade with half pants and school uniform and all that the whole school was looking at me i was so embarrassed i could also see a few people laughing and i was holding the mic and wondering for at least 60 seconds i don't know what to say what will i say and when i uh, turned on the mic and i told myself okay let's just do it whatever it is we'll just tell everyone you know ki i am being punished for having long hair despite of giving me warnings and that's it <laughs> but the fear was so real i was literally shaking and i said good morning school and then i said instead of explaining you know why i am being punished i said today I've got this golden opportunity to stand in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> and then came a chalk flying from behind my class teacher threw that chalk at me and she thought I did it on purpose because of which I again got punished for the next 3 days. But then this is what I blurted out, you know, I said instead of accepting my mistake and instead of saying that you know I have been guilty of all this that has happened I said I have got a golden opportunity and that was so embarrassing I mean for for that next one year I think everyone would used to laugh at me whenever they saw me everyone used to tease me because of what I said on that stage and even teachers even at the end of my school until the end of my school they thought I did it on purpose mm. so that is how bad I was you know with my public speaking and stage daring and all that so when i joined colfontos masters i was first of all very delighted to see the supportive environment and the helping club members we have and that is what actually encouraged me to you know give a shot at the speech contest we had i wanted to do my best and i did try and give my best but then i came in second place right i was the second place winner and eventually the the employee that we had who won the first place left the company so i was the next best choice and i was given the opportunity to represent qualfon at the next competition levels 
but with the speech that i had that got me the second place and that later on be, uh, became became the winning speech with that uh, came an opportunity for me to get mentored by mike for the summit mm. what you mentioned mm-hmm. right and mike uh, i have to mention it and uh, everyone knows it mike has consistently shown unwavering support for toastmasters and i feel incredibly fortunate to have had that opportunity to engage in one on one meetings with him following my uh, you know speech uh, getting selected in the club competition those meetings uh, let me tell you honestly those meetings have been really transformative some of the nuances that i have learned from him during those meetings about public speaking is something that i have never experienced in my uh, career so far so that is all all what happened and uh, after that uh, i went on um, you know my speech was uh, shown at the summit i received a lot of messages from throughout call for and a lot of people sent me emails congratulating me for my speech and everything that happened and then i went on to uh, compete at area level in call for toastmasters and then at division level and during this time you know the competitors i had they were like seasoned competitors right they uh, when when they were asked about their experience some of them were like 20 years in toastmasters some of them were like 30 years in toastmasters and that is what you know got me nervous mm-hmm. but if i had to you know really sum up my experience of you know competing at area level competing at division level winning at division then going to district level and i unfortunately lost uh, at the district level but going until then you know it was a thrilling experience for me the biggest part of it was being able to represent qualfon at an international stage and it really evoked a sense of pride and responsibility for me because you know standing there giving this speech representing qualfon uh, you know made me feel like an ambassador of qualfon's values and commitment to personal growth and that is what we you know keep talking about our mission itself is that and it was a memorable memorable experience for me That is awesome. And, you know, as you were telling that story, Anand, I was thinking of our three dimensions of the Qualphone mission leader, mentor, manager, messenger. And you use the word ambassador. And what a great ambassador you have been for Qualphone, you know, as a, as a messenger in, in Toastmasters. And how cool was that, that they were showing your presentation at the summit? So all the leaders in the company, saw this awesome presentation and uh, of course as mike was going around to all the sites he's still doing that his he's hitting every site this year and presenting some leadership training and he shows anon's video and that's really awesome absolutely jermin and it's an absolute privilege for me uh, all that is happening you know just that opportunity for me and if you see and if i if i was to talk about you know you, you talked about being a messenger and if i was to talk about summing up this whole experience you know what i learned from this whole cycle of being a second place winner to representing qualfon at district level is is just that you know you just have to tell yourself just do it mm. just say yes you know what's the worst that can happen mm. i you know in my experience what makes us nervous is the fear of things going wrong but then our growth happens outside our comfort zone with a dash of embarrassment if i may because <laughs> i was hesitant to compete in the club contest i showed some courage i got encouragement from my fellow toastmasters and look what happened yeah from being the runner up at the club competition to representing qualfon at district competition level and 
eventually becoming the president of the club. Who would have thought that? Not mm. me, absolutely not. So that's what I tell, just tell myself, you know, you just have to take the next step. That's all. You don't need to always see the whole staircase where you want to go. Not always. And I and I hope, you know, people like me listening to this get encouraged to take this Toastmaster step in their professional growth. Because if I can do it, trust me, I believe anyone can do it. That's great. Wow, Jeremy, what a great way to end the season. I'm so excited. I can't wait for everyone to hear his story. And again, I think it's a wonderful testament to the philosophies here at Qualphone. So it is the mission in action. It absolutely is. And I have to say this, Marisol, I, I, I would re- be remiss if I didn't say this. When you shared at the beginning how you wouldn't make eye contact, how you had low self-esteem, that is amazing to me because that's not the Marisol I know at all. <laughs> and, and no, I mean, it's powerful. And, and, and so the fact that Mike might have played a role in helping you become who you are today, who's a very competent, confident person. I, I don't know that Marisol that you talked about at 23 years of age. So I just wanted to share that. I think that's a very powerful statement about mentorship. It is. It truly is. And it's it's why I'm a big believer. And absolutely, if the value of mentorship is it could alter the trajectory of your life. If I hadn't met him, I wouldn't be where I am today in my life. I wouldn't have the confidence. I, I wouldn't have raised the children the way I raised my children. Everything. It's 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 like he planted a seed and this whole tree blossomed. And I know He's retiring, but I still have a, you know, a few, <laughs> a few good years in me. But I, I, you know, I've mentioned to him, I feel this obligation to really, you know, self-actualize it and be the best version of myself and be an example of being the best version of myself because he taught me that. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and, and, and yeah. It, it's all tied together, right? You and mm-hmm. Mike, Anon's story that we heard talks about mentorship, Matt being the mentor that he's been to so many people in this organization, mentorship, management, and messenger. They're all powerful, but but particularly that that mentorship piece. It just really resonates with me. Absolutely. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed this longer than usual episode, but please take this as an opportunity to remind yourself to be the best and make each person's life better. See you next season, Jeremy. See you, Marisol. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mission Qualphone. Remember, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe, and we'll see you next time on Mission Qualphone.